All right, here we are with Shadrach, a good friend uh, from the local area, Albuquerque. Uh, it's a pleasure to have him on on our podcast, and we're going to just chat a little bit, get to know him, and uh, see how things are going right before Boston. So you want to say yeah. hi? Hi, everyone. And then, of course, our other host right here. Hey, uh, hey everybody. Good to have you back, and uh, Excited to learn a little bit more about um, Shadrach, who kind of grew up in Albuquerque. So La Cueva High School, uh, my understanding is where you went. When did you uh, move to the U.S. or were you born here? Kind of give us a little bit on your background. Oh, no, I moved, uh, moved in the U.S. 2002, went to Albuquerque, New Mexico. My uncle was there and uh, attended La Cueva High School. Um, graduated uh, 2004, and then uh, after that went to college uh, at UNM for one year. Nice. And yeah. you, I'm actually the same uh, graduating class as you in high school, so I, I remember vividly watching uh, your, your Foot Locker showdown with uh, the likes of, of Galen and Matt Withrow and, and Ben True and, and Garrett Heath and some of those guys. Um, yeah. Can you kind of give me a little bit of a, a recap from your memory on, on how that race went? Wow. Dude, honestly, I don't – wow. I got to think about this. I don't really <laughs> – I forgot about it, to be honest. I don't even remember really what how the race panned out. I just remember – the last uh, 50 meters, uh, it was me, Galen, and then uh, all of a sudden, Matt uh, Withrow came by, and uh, I was like, whoa, wait a minute, where, where did he get from, you know? Um, and he blew by us and just, met the guy had wheels. Yeah. I mean, it was like, wow, you know, so to speak. But, uh, but the race, I don't really remember how the race really panned out. I just, I knew that I tried to make a move, I think, uh, in the last downhill and uh that was just you know silly for me to do that and like the last 1k was just hanging in for my dear life so <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but yeah i don't remember really how the race all you know from the start to the finish you know yeah uh, yeah i know how that goes some of those can become a blur yeah, it's funny because I've never really, so no one has ever asked me about that race. Before. We try to ask questions no one else is going to ask. And I'm kind of, like I said, that was, you know, around the time I was graduating, I raced Matt once. Um, yeah. So I was I was watching that um, fun mm -hmm. and uh, remember it from my early fan days. But uh, so from there, you went to, to UNM for a year and then to Oregon. Can you talk a little bit? And then bit? I went to Oregon for the last uh, four years. Yeah. What kind of yeah. prompted that change? Uh, I guess life, you know, sometimes uh, you just have to, uh, you know, go with what life throws at you, you know. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, sometimes uh, in life you just have to make decisions that maybe it's not popular at that time, but, you know, down the road you look back and you say, oh, well, it was a good idea, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just... You know, sometimes, like any other relationship, sometimes it doesn't work out. And that was really what happened, uh, transpired in uh, UNM. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it just, uh, you know, at the beginning it was a great relationship, but then, uh, you know, then, yeah, uh, then things, you know, didn't work out well, and that uh, was the reason why I transferred. 
Okay. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing that. You know, it's not unique. There are plenty of college runners out there that, you know, the first place they go to is just not a great fit. Um, and so they have to go elsewhere. And, and so I appreciate your sharing that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, no worries at all. I'm an open book. <laughs> open book. Good. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I was going to step in and kind of just talk a little bit about your training and how things are going leading up to Boston and your outlook going into Boston, especially from uh, last year's great performance. It was third place, right? Yes. And so what maybe some expectations and what, what are you hoping for and what are you looking to take away uh, going into Boston this year? You know, um, to be honest, I've never really, any marathon that I go run, I've never really have any, like, like a, a race uh, plan, so to speak. You know, I usually have, you know, you know, I rough idea of what, what I need to do. And uh, usually that is just kind of like uh, a guidance. Uh, but usually when the race starts, it's, you know, you just you just go with the race. You just go and race and forget the race plan and, you know, try to just remember to just, you know, run within your comfort uh, zone and, you know, run within your reach and, you know, just to not get too excited, especially in Boston. You can't get too excited at the beginning because it can come and hunt you really bad. So uh, that's what I'm, you know, even going to this year, I just want to go up there and just try to do the very best. And, you know, so long as I know I give it the very best, then really I'm not going to uh, be very um, sad about it, you know. Uh, but I'll be sad if I, you know, don't give it everything I got, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you think uh, I mean, doing so well and getting on the podium last year, coming in this year as a John Hancock, like top athlete they're they're going to be asking you tons of questions and just trying to just again just the same questions that we're asking but just pulling you a lot like emotionally do you think that's going to take a little bit out of uh your preparation or or is that kind of the norm that you're used to you know i'm a pretty uh chill guy so really i just roll with it you know i just tell them you know uh how i feel you know and you know i i try to not take it too serious and um Sometimes it can be, you know, you know, it can be overwhelming, you know, to have all these interviews and then everybody wants to know what you're going to do and uh, what what about this, what about that. But I'm always just, you know, try to just be as cool as I can and just, you know, you know, not 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 try to overthink it too much, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So getting to how your build up spin, we saw you ran in Atlanta. It looks like uh, you and Ritz kind of finished together. Was that was that more of a tempo effort? Or was that a race effort? Or how did that fit into your No, no, it was just a, a tempo run. You know, we were just planning to run, uh, you know, close to race space uh, uh, the whole entire course. But you know, at the same time, you know, we wanted to just make sure that we we paying attention and really looking and trying to learn the course. Yeah. Um, so that's why we just we just went easy. We didn't really we didn't really press at all. We just kind of have fun with it and just at least get something out of it as a tempo on and not kill ourselves. Right. So in yeah. terms of your your confidence going into Boston, how how has training been going and and how do you think uh, you can compete t- this year? I think training has gone very well. Honestly, I'm not gonna uh, not gonna lie, but you know, um, again, it's gonna. It's going to be uh, that day, whoever, you know, um, 
run smart, I guess, you know, it's going to come down to just being tough and, and competing and just, you know, um, try to make it happen, you know? Yeah. Uh, I know training has gone very well, so I know I've done everything I can in my power to put myself in a great place so that when I go over there, um, I'm ready to go. Yeah, we're excited. We're excited to watch it. Yeah. Well, I mean, be about two miles behind you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be okay. We all, So long as we're all on the same, running the same course, that's what it matters, right? Yeah. So last year obviously was a bit of an anomaly in terms of the weather. Uh, with you living in California, it's hard to prepare for, uh, you know, a, a sub-freezing hurricane. So can you yeah. kind of... Um, how did you feel during the race? I mean, did you get numb? Kind of, how did you adjust to the conditions that you certainly weren't able to prepare in? I mean, I think with those conditions, to be honest, you know, there's no really way to prepare sure. uh, for that. Uh, I think that you know, what we did well with my coaches was, you know, we really uh, got our minds right and just prepare uh, with like one week out. You know, we, we knew that it's going to be a it's going to be a tough day, and so uh, I was prepared to whatever condition uh, we were going to get. I was just ready to just um, you know just run tough and just you know hang in there and just try to figure a way to get myself to the finish line uh, the quickest. You know, because um, it was I mean you know it was 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 miserable. I mean it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've never run in that in in, in a condition like that before. Yeah, so we, it was really difficult to even try to prepare for something you've never even encountered. You know, what, what did you think about when uh, Yuki was out way at, way in front in the first mile or two? <laughs> I mean, the guy is a legend. I mean, no doubt about it. Um, and I mean, given that he did that uh, marathon. January 1st or whatever, was it the 31st or January 1st in Boston uh, with like negative something degrees. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was the only guy who finished. So when I looked <laughs> at those conditions, I knew like, okay, you know, that's the guy that, you know, is going to be left standing, you know. I knew like uh, most of the, most of the, uh, you know, East Africans were going to struggle, um, with, you know. Sure. You know, we don't like, we don't like running in the rain. Um, <laughs> So, uh, for me, I was like, okay, I knew, at least I had that going for me. Um, I knew that most of those guys were not going to, uh, you know, some of them are going to just throw the towel when it gets tough, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's rough. But, yeah. But, but, man, it was rough. I mean, there's no any other way to really describe it. It was, was terrible. So, does that mean this year you've been looking at the forecast for, like, the last – two months even though it's it's going to change a lot and just every day you're just like oh god please not please don't do it to me again you know the funny thing is i haven't even looked at the weather for Boston to be honest you know i figured you know i just have to get you know if, the nice thing with mouth and you know if you train well and you you, you know you really fit and uh, you know then but no matter what the condition is going to be at least you know um and you become tough in the race, you, sh you should be able to do well. So uh, yeah. my, my main thing is usually to try to do the very best and get really fit. And whatever the condition is going to be, everybody's going to be in it. But, you know, whoever wants it really bad is the one going to, to you know, 
do well. So that has always been my mentality. So how many times have you run Boston? So this is going to be my third time. Third time. And then you run New York a bunch of times as well, right? Yeah. Would you? How would you compare the two? Um, completely different. Obviously, you know, New York is there's uh, a lot of hills, um, and the weather can be very cold. And um, they're two different courses, but you know, I think I think Boston is easier, in my opinion, than than, than New York. If you know how to run those, you know, those downhills and, yeah. you know, um, like, I mean, with Boston, it's really like, you can't really, there's no room for error in Boston. If you, if you mess up, screw up at the beginning, you know, then you're going to pay big time at the end. Uh, New York, you can take some risk and, you know, you can still come out okay because, you know, you go up and down, you know, and, Boston is mostly downhill, so if you die, you know, if you, if your quads are gone, then the last five miles, forget about it, you know. But but New York, you well, know, know. downhill <laughs> is flat, so you use different muscles in Bas in New York versus in, in in Boston. Do you do anything specific to train for the downhills, or do you just feel like you have a good handle on that from running Boston for a number of years? No, we still try to do some, uh, you know. The, downhill runs um, way at, at the beginning of a build-up and so uh, just just to learn to run downhill relaxed yeah. is what yeah it's what we you know I always do you know um, I, I mean if you're running most of the race is almost you know let's say 80% downhill and you don't run learn to run downhill then I don't know really why you're doing that race you know yeah. <laughs> that's just my that's just my uh, my take on that you've got to in any race, you know, if it's flat, then you train for flat. If it's up and down, then you train for up and down, you know. If, if it's mostly downhill, then you try to, learn, you know, do some workouts and some runs that you're running downhill until you get used to to, uh, to that course, you know. And I think that's what, you know, and I'll speak for myself. I think that's why the last two years I've done very well in Boston is because I really um, try to do a lot of downhill running. Yeah, that definitely helps prepare you. And uh, looking at, at Boston being point to point, I mean, it's still an IAAF standard race, certified race. And so uh-huh. I was going to talk a little bit about like Olymp- the IAAF standards and like Olympic qualifying and what your yeah. what your approach would be going into that. Because right now they lowered it to 211.30, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so how, how does that change like your approach this year going into the trials? Because you definitely play super high amongst Americans, um, and then now trying to hit that 211 standard is also another obstacle to get. So what do you think your your approach should be or will be? You know, at least, you know, the trials is, uh, you know, I mean, I, I wish I wish Atlanta had got this information a long time ago and athletes so they can plan out their, you know, their calendar year. Uh, but, but, you know, um, I think, to be honest, it just comes down to, you know, get it done somehow. You know, there's no any other way. Uh, if you want to make that team, you got to make it happen. You got to get the standard. So, um, for me, I just, you know, try to just go to Boston and do the very best I can to try, you know, 
you know, if you drop 10 in the World Marathon majors, then that counts as uh, standard. So, yeah, yeah. So that's my goal is to try to get the standard out of the way in Boston and then I don't have to worry about it. Then, you know, just, just, just get ready for the trials. So but I feel sorry for some of the athletes who maybe they didn't want to do, you know, a race, um, you know, this spring or maybe, I mean, because, I mean, he got, he got a lot of people of God because, you know, it's too late to try to get into these late, you know, spring marathons. And so that's the only thing that I'm really kind of disappointed with the whole process. But but if you really want it really bad, you can get it done, you know? Yeah. So if yeah. you do get the, the standard based on placing at Boston, are you planning on not doing a fall marathon or are you still thinking that through? You know, honestly, I have no idea. You know, I usually try to just get one out of the way. I never... I always try to just look at one race and that's about it, you know. Then after that, then I can go back and try to think, okay, what next? Because the problem, you know, and it's just, you know, this is just me. Um, uh, I noticed, I realized, you know, usually when I put another race ahead of another one that I haven't even run, then um, it's not very wise. Yeah. And that's just not just, that's just me, you know. Um I think, you know, if you have a race coming up, you need to put all your energy to this one race and really get it done. And then after that, then you can worry about the next race. And so that's how uh, I look at it. And that's my uh, race plan and, you know, my mindset. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's a good mindset. And is that something that you, you discuss with your coaches over at the Hansons or is... Um... Yeah, we talk about it. You know, my coaches, they're, they're, you know, they're fantastic. You know, I have the best support group you know group you know my coaches my agent you know my uh, you know my family obviously my teammates my you know friends uh, you know everybody's you know um is rooting for me and always you know cheering for me so um all of this i mean i, I always look at it as we all in this together whether whether that person is you know um get this out the way you know and then we can you can go back and talk and rethink what what's next. But, yeah. but you know, for now, it's just to try to get this out of the way. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about your support group there. Uh, you know, you're in Folsom, California. Is that right? Yes. So you do a lot of training alone. Uh, you know, that's that's not uh, always the most common thing for professional runners. How how do you manage that mentally and, and being able to push yourself? the way you need to and you ever meet up with other runners or is it pretty much solo and how do you manage that honestly um again it comes down to you know why am i doing this to begin with you know yeah um, and so when i decided to be you know become a professional runner i told myself um you know it's just me and and me alone and to be honest even if there's other runners you know that you can train with you know, um, it's you and you, you and yourself, you know, to make it happen. You know, obviously having people around sometimes kind of helps, but the bottom line is you have to be willing to put in work and just, you know, show up every day and keep chipping away. And so for me, it's been, you know, it's been really easy. I don't, I don't even think about it. I just get out the door and get the job done, do the session that I'm supposed to do, do the long run I'm supposed to do and just, I mean, I don't even know I did, to be honest. I, I just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just, I don't think about it too much. I think the problem is we overthink it too much. Uh, and that, you know, 
yeah can be can be um, what's holding us back you know do you think that that helps prepare you for the marathon distance given that uh, you know you'll spend some time in a lot of those races uh, by yourself and having having to grind things out absolutely it's done me very well I look at because usually when I you know most of these races that I've done well, I always run my race plan, you know. I know what I'm capable of and I just want it. You know, I don't care what people do. If they, I get dropped, that's fine. You know, I know they're going to come back. And if they don't come back, then, you know, obviously they were better than me. But, yeah. you know, uh, for the most part, it's really worked well for me because I just run my pace. I run my race. Uh, I don't try to get involved uh, with, you know, shenanigans at the beginning of the race, you know. Um, and then it's always worked well. Um, you know, but then sometimes, obviously, you know, we, you know, we just find ourselves, um, you know, into that, you know, uh, running too hard at the beginning and, you know, yeah. uh, we pay dearly at the end. So I, I've been in the both sides of the spectrum, but, and I've realized the best way is just to run your race and don't worry about other people. Yeah. I mean, that's, some... that's, you know, training alone is where well, that's where I'm, you know. My strength lies, you know. Yeah. In terms of the blowing up, I mean, you you almost have to test yourself sometimes, or you'll never, you know, kind of get to that next level, and and yeah. you will have to pay the price occasionally. Yeah. I mean, again, it's you know, it's uh, if you don't take risk in life, sometime, you know, then yeah. you'll just be. I wish. I wish. I wish. You no, know, you'd be a wishy wishy guy, you know. <laughs> yeah. Wishy wishy. Yeah. So. But, you know, like in marathon, you know, there's some risk. I think at the back end of the marathon, you know, when you, after 20 miles, I'm willing to take any risks. Yeah. Usually I try to, you know, run very, very conservative. Just run my pace, run my race the first 20 miles, get there as relaxed as I can and not to waste too much energy. And then after that, I can take some risks. And, you know, in reality, the marathon, the last six miles, that's what the race begins. And at that point, you know, you give it all you have and, and hopefully that's that would be the best, you know, in that day or you know, finish in the podium or you know, run fast, you know, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you were mentioning earlier about running your own race, um, and just sticking to your your plan or tactics. But has there ever been a time where you're going into a race or going into a training block, knowing that certain athletes are going to be there, certain maybe rivals will be there, and and you kind of take that risk to try to make them hurt a little more or, or just use someone you kind of want to beat. So maybe if you had any like rivals internationally or domestically that, that you don't have to like call out any, any guys, but like, but it's more fun. But if it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> someone that, no, that you feel To be honest, I've never too. really, this one I've always told myself, you know, I just, I don't really look at who is in the race, you know, obviously I know who's in the race, but I don't, I don't go there to say, Oh my God, this so-and-so is in the race, especially in Boston. Right. Uh, seriously, it doesn't matter who's in the race, you know. Uh, it's all about running smart. It's all about being confident with your program, you know, your training that you've done. And, um, you know, you, you can you can see up to, you know, maybe 20 guys at halfway and, you know, everybody's still looking good. But, you know, you just have to, you know, stay composed and just, just, just keep chipping away and, you know, uh, lo and behold, somebody's gonna drop some next one, you know, and you just keep, you know, you just keep encouraging yourself to just keep moving forward. And I think that's what 
you know, really helped me the last, you know, last few years of marathon is like, you know, I don't get discouraged when there's a lot of people. I just have to just keep moving forward and just keep competing. And, you know, um, but at some point, some people are going to drop, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and like looking at New York, I mean, maybe maybe this point in your career, you're more like a mentor to a lot of these athletes. Because I, I saw at New York City, when once you finished the, the New York Marathon, it was like Scott Fable and Chris Derrick were there, and you were like high-fiving those guys, and then completely different um, athletes as you as far as sponsorships. But just um, maybe they, they look up to you or, or, uh, instead of like as a rivalship. Um, and how does that kind yeah, of feel in but, your you role? Know, rival, rivalry is a good thing. You know, that's what it makes us uh, get up every day and do whatever we do, right? Right. There's a healthy relation, you know, relationship and respect uh, to the other athletes. And, uh, you know, hey, we both run 26 miles. We both have it through it. So, you know, the least I could do is just to congratulate them and just, you know, you know, um, they're just human beings as I, you know, as myself. So uh, just the fact that they beat me, they're not, you know, my enemy or anything, you know. Yeah. It's just that, you know, they uh, they, they, they brought it today. And uh, uh, for me, I say, okay, what, you know, I got to go back and, you know, try to be better next time. So when we face each other again, hopefully I can be, you know, I could come up, you know, at the top. And, you know, it's, it's yeah, I think the problem is most, if you look at all these Africans, you know, they all friends they hang out and then the race starts you know it's all you and you alone and then after the race you know we congratulate each other and you know uh, we talk about it that was you know we, we you know we if you had a great day you know you're happy you know everybody's happy for you and you know because we're all human beings at the end of the day you know yeah yeah you know? i've got i've got it from listening to you um that you have a very kind of internal locus of control to where where you're really good at focusing on just whatever it is that you, that you can do and to, to kind of not um, get caught up in what the other runners in a marathon are doing. And I think that is kind of key, and uh, especially for Americans in races like Boston and New York, where there's a lot of guys coming from you know overseas that just run faster courses. And for the American marathoners, you know, it's just such a stronger incentive to do Boston and New York. And and, you know, those aren't the fast courses that a lot of these other guys are coming in. So you can be really overwhelmed if you just look at everybody's PR going into the race. And so I, I think you have a good mentality of, um, you know, have a good feel for what you can do. And, you know, everything will work itself out. And it's obviously paid dividends for you in those races. Yeah. And, you know, and I always say, you know, life is too short, you know. Sure. Uh, just just put you know i always say put your energy where it really you know it matters and the rest is just you know it could be worse that's what i always said so i try just to be you know to be me and just try to do the very best on any given condition or in any given situation and you know just try to have fun you know that's that's you know obviously it's worked for me because I've noticed every time I'm just having fun and just not worrying about it too much. Just, you know, we worry so much that sometimes, you know, it becomes our, you know, um, what's the word? Uh, like a chore. Yeah, yeah. You know, the one that uh, breaks the Achilles or whatever. What's the word that you normally use, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, when we shoot ourselves in the lab, you know, so to speak. Like we worry so much until we forget 
really what what is task at hand, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, yeah, again, it's, it's uh, in all honesty, it just comes to, yeah, uh, you and you alone and what, why are you doing this to begin with? Uh, what, what, what are you trying to achieve? Um, all these things is the things that I set up way even before I start running well. And so, um, I have this, um, this, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like, uh, things that I, you know, try to remind myself every time that, you know, Hey, remember why you're doing this, you know? Yeah. And what if, once you know why you're doing anything, you know, the reason behind it, not just for yourself and, you know, um, then, then everything is easy. You know, we just show up and you just try to do the very best and, you know, um, it takes away pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So taking kind of a 180 from that, I wanted to dig into a little bit of the team dynamic you would have had when you were at Oregon. Obviously there were a lot of good runners there at the time. Uh, how did you kind of adjust from, you know, at La Cueva, where I'm sure you didn't have a lot of training partners to training with you know, some of the best runners in the country, with some of the more prolific coaches in the college world? Um, you know, actually, to be honest, in college, I, you know, I was, I wish I'd done things differently, but yeah, I was, I was really lazy. I didn't really train that much. <laughs> <laughs> At least you admit yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. I mean, if I look back and they would have, you know, if I just really put, you know, 80% effort, I think, you know, I'd be, you know, we'll be talking different, different things, but, you know, I was just, eh, you know, yeah. I didn't really, <laughs> I don't know. It's just. Could the coaches tell that you maybe weren't giving it your all or <laughs> did that cause any friction with the team? It's the only regret I have in, in college, you know, um, but again, it's different life, you know, it was a different time in my life. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I look back now and I say, oh, I'm glad I did that then. Cause now I never really, I never really, you know, waste any opportunity given, you know, um, I give it every hundred percent every time. Um, even in training, uh, you know, in a daily, daily routine, you know, I try to live my life hundred percent of the time, you know, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So obviously, you also have to balance your family life. Uh, you have a wife and, and children. Do they? Um, or do you find yourself tired from just being a, a you know a, a husband and a father, at, and sometimes in training, or how do you kind of try to balance all of those moving pieces? Yeah, I mean, you know, like um, in this life, there's no, you know, you can make you can make a small thing you know, become a huge issue, you know, or you can, you can make, you know, a big, a big task to look really, really, really small. So it's all about the mindset. And I've been very fortunate that, you know, my wife has been there for me from day one, you know, she's been the one really, you know, keeping the house, uh, uh, you know, she's, she's been the rock, you know, in my house. Um, and, you know, my kids, they've been, you know, at least they're older now a little bit, you know, they go to school so I could, you know, take a little nap or, you know, uh, you know, get nice. some run in the evening. They could ride a bike or something. And, you know, uh, but, but it's just, again, it's, uh, you make it what you want it to be, to look like, you know what I mean? Um, it's never easy. Nobody, 
you know, I remember, you know, my, 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 you know, my brothers, my, my, my parents, you know, they used to tell me life is never easy, and which is true, you know, um, just make it happen, figure out a way to get it done, and just, uh, you know, don't take one day at a time, and that's what really is, you know, yeah, yeah. My, my career, and just having, you know, the best supporting, um, you know, people in my life uh, has made me become who I am, you know. Yeah, you like California? You see yourself staying there for a while? Yeah, I was going to ask when, love, when are you going to come back to Albuquerque? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mind Albuquerque. To be honest, I miss Albuquerque, uh, but but I love California. You know, I don't think I'd be. Uh, I'm never going back to Oregon. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but 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 yeah, I love I love California. I miss Albuquerque. You know, maybe I might come and visit this summer. I've been meaning to do that, but uh, yeah. Do you do you still have family here? No, I just have friends, you know. Um, you guys, you know. Uh, yeah. If I used to, you know, uh, I still have some, you know, really good friends there in Albuquerque. Yeah, well, just let us know if you ever come back. You have a place to stay. Absolutely, thank you. I'll let you guys know. All right, we're gonna move on. Just to a few like uh, fun get to know you type of questions, um, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. So the first one we have is if you could. Uh, if you could only watch one TV show, what would it be? One TV show. Uh, hmm. One TV show. Actually, I'm really hooked to uh, this this show that I've been watching every time. It's called The Blacklist. Okay. Uh, yeah. And it's on NBC. I mean, uh, I mean, this show has you know has got me. I mean, seriously, like I would. I mean, I would watch it all the time, you know. Um, yeah. Jesse, have you watched that at all? I haven't I'm seen somewhat it. familiar. Is that uh, like a crime drama or what? what is that? So it's about this guy. He's a most wanted criminal uh, in the world. His name is Red Reddington. And uh, he walks, uh, he's, he's a, what is he called? He's a, not a spy. He walks with the government to try to get rid of uh, terrible people uh, that they've done really, really, really horrendous uh, uh, crimes. Yeah. So he knows all these people, but, you know, so he's helping the government to try to, he gives them like a hint, you know, like, okay, go, this is the guy you need to go find, and then he can help them to, you know, solve the, the mystery, you know, mistress, you know, type of thing. So, hmm. yeah, you, yeah. that's kind of thing, right? Because isn't your wife uh, a lawyer? She, yeah, she's a lawyer. Yeah, so that's like right up your alley. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Perfect. When's she gonna get her own show? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You guys can have a reality show. <laughs> never know, man. You never know what life has in store. You know? Absolutely. Um, do you know what the first cassette tape or CD that you ever owned was? Driver, what now? The uh, first cassette tape or CD of a musical yes. artist that you ever owned. Wow. <laughs> You know what? I don't think I've ever owned a, a cassette or a, a CD. I've Just, never really. I'm calling BS on that. <laughs> no, no. Really? I, what type of music do you I've like never, to listen to then? I just, see, I listen to just anything. As long as it has beats on, you know, I seriously, I listen to just anything, you know, like I'll be driving and, you know, anything on the, in the radio, I'm down for it, but. I have never really bought a CD or. Uh, Do you ever uh, sing in the car when you're listening? 
Say that again. Do you ever sing in the car while while you're listening? Are you? There's I, some songs I guess sometimes that I find it like really catchy, <laughs> and I, I might find myself, you know, singing along a little bit, and then I'm like, hey, wait a minute, what am I doing? You know, so just. <laughs> but uh, but I'm always, you know, the beat is the one that always gets me. As long as it has a good beat, you know. Yeah. It gets me going, but you know, yeah. Do you don't listen to it before yeah, races I've or never, anything? Really, seriously, I've never bought a CD oh. or cassette, you know? That should be your I've goal never... from now to Boston. <laughs> yeah? Buy, buy a CD. You know, that's something now I might, I don't even know. Yeah, I guess I could I guess I could buy a CD. They, they're still selling them, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah do they even sell yeah, I don't CDs? Know if, I don't know if CDs are Because nowadays right. everything is, you know, online. Digital, you know, right, yeah. Digital, so... <laughs> Uh, but I might actually just buy me a CD, you know, just so I can say I, I, I'm on a CD, you know, because uh, I never thought of, you know, again. Sorry, it's judgment-free zone. All right. How about food? Like, so what food could you not live without? Um, gosh, I'm a food guy, so I love to eat. So let me think. Good, good. There's only one thing I, I okay. I have to get my tea, you know. Tea, okay. I get my tea. I get, you know, it's our English brand, and I get it from Kenya. So uh, I have to have my tea. I'd rather give up, you know, everything, but be able to get my tea every, you know, every day in the morning. Um, and you were just in Kenya, right? Training. Yes, I bit? was. Did you, so you stocked up. Oh yes. Nice. I don't take chances. <laughs> Seriously, like, like, man, I yeah. So if you, you know, don't, uh, when you don't, when you run out of all the stuff you brought back from Kenya, do you have some sort of importer that you use to get Kenyan tea or how do you stay stocked up? I have friends. I have friends, you know, when they come to uh, these races, they usually bring me some. <laughs> connection. Yeah. Yeah. I have the connection, man. Oh my gosh. That pretty yeah. much answers the next question. Yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... What is your all-time favorite scene from a movie or all-time favorite movie? I'll let you go either way. Oh, gosh. Um, let me think. I love the uh, Paul Fiction. Is that what it is? Yeah, Paul yeah. Fiction. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Say <laughs> yeah. what again. Say what again. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that I think like that's the PG mom. version of it, but I remember the scene. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, that is my favorite scene in the movie. Wow, that's a good one. That that could yeah. top the list. Yeah, that's yeah. that's one of the better answers we've gotten from any of the the runners so far. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever want to grow out your your hair and with the Jerry curls like Samuel Jackson had in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> I think those days have gone. <laughs> oh man, I used to have actually a really long hair when I was in Oregon. Uh -huh. I had I had, I had uh, dreadlocks, um, okay. big afro, and um, I just realized, you know what? I think I'm too old for this nonsense. So I just really just got cut it all. And now, ever since I don't really, you know, I, I get I haircut at least once a month. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We'll have to find those photos and use them for our, uh, yes, our, po our podcast. Please find those and send those. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It'll be our know, podcast race, tab. Actually, there was one race I did, and this is when I just transferred to Oregon. And 
I was uh, I ran an attach a mile at Oregon Relay, so I don't remember what the meet was, and I had uh, cornrows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely, we're gonna we're gonna have to find those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Last one. What what sport would you participate in if it wasn't rep for running? Or what sport what's do you like to participate post? in? What's um. You know what I love most, you know, is really to try to to uh, motivational speaker. That's what I. That's that's my. That's my like you know plan B, so to speak. You know, beside running on a. Obviously, I, I would love to be into coaching because coaching is the same kind of mentality as you know motivational speaking. So they're all kind of intertwined. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so being a coach and motivating people and, you know, encouraging people to bring the best out of themselves is my dream after my running career is that's ended. That's what, that's, that's the, the route I'm taking. So two weeks from now, can we call you back up uh, as, as we're all, all three of us in Boston and you can, you can give us a pep talk to, <laughs> to oh. get our mind right for the race. <laughs> yeah. You don't even have to ask. I'll get it on. With, I'll get at it before even you ask. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're excited to see how you do, uh, and we'll, we'll hopefully uh, try to sync up sometime where, while we're all in Boston. Maybe uh, I, th- I think I read you like pizza after races, so maybe we can go try to get some pizza somewhere. Absolutely. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> and yeah. uh, thanks again so much for uh, for taking time out of your day today. To, to Absolutely. No worries, guys. Anytime. Yeah. Thanks, Shadrach. See you guys in two weeks. All right. See you in two weeks. All right. Bye, guys. Bye now. Bye. Bye, everyone.